Welcome to the We Rock DM podcast, your source for all things digital marketing. Join hosts Daniel Bissett and Trisha Olberg as they explore the latest trends and share their expertise on how to succeed in the digital age. Tune in for expert advice on search engine optimization, social media marketing, and content strategy. We make kick-ass stuff kick-ass. So join us and learn how to rock your digital marketing game. Welcome to We Rock DM Amplified. I'm your host, Daniel Bissett, joined by Trisha Elizabeth Olberg. And today we're diving into the exhilarating world of sports digital marketing with our special guest, Ulrika Smith-Svinstead. Let's get started, shall we? Ulrika, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Sweden. Uh, we really appreciate you. you and we're incredibly excited to hear what you have to say. Uh, today's show is going to be different to uh, many of the previous shows, less about trying to unpack your digital marketing strategy and tease out uh, areas for improvement. Instead, really just try to understand what it is that you're doing, um, who you are, who you represent. And oh my gosh, I feel like um, I'm a little fanboy right now because uh, I, you know, you're, you're maybe the, the most famous person I've spoken to, um, <laughs> the communications director for the Swedish biathlon team, Olympic team. What is this? Uh, tell us about federation. Yourself, you? the federation. So yeah. Uh, yeah, give us the, the TLDR, the too long didn't read about who you are and, and what you're doing nowadays. Um, yeah, my name is Ulrika and I'm a 51-year-old Swede, um, an ex-skier from the Utah Ski Team. Uh, I'm Swedish. Um, I just joined uh, the Swedish Biathlon Federation as a strategic communication manager. And I've basically been here for four weeks now. So this is very new to me, even though I've been working with the communication and the advertising since 1996. And when we graduated from the U, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody, I have to introduce um, Larika myself because Larika is actually um, one of my closest friends from college. That's where we met at the University of Utah. And um, not only um, was Larika on the University of Utah cross-country ski team, she was in the graphic design program with me there. And that is where we met. We met in a drawing class. And um, Ulrika, I, I want to share the story of how we met because I think it's kind of fun. Um, Larika was still kind of working on her English when you first came to the States. And um, so, yeah, <laughs> so we were in this drawing class and um, I think she, I think maybe you picked me out. You thought this, this girl over here looks like maybe she can help me translate a little bit. Um, so that's kind of how, how we, she came over and started asking me to kind of help translate some of the things that the instructor was saying. And I did my best. Something I totally remember you asking me though, which was such a good question. You said, if you, if you say Nike, why don't you say bikey? But that, that is a really good question. I had no idea why we say it. <laughs> right? It made sense. I yeah, still and the, I'll still always remember that. I know. That's when the first thing she said to me, I'm like, that is a really good question. Uh, so that that is initially how we met. And then um, we, we, I mean, really, we bonded pretty quickly. And Ulrika was, is very, is, was, and is very proud of her country, very proud of Sweden, and would talk about Sweden a lot. And kind of invited people to come visit her, right? You're, you're, you were always saying, come visit me in Sweden anytime. Well, so one summer, um, myself and a friend of ours decided to come. And I think you were kind of shocked by that. You probably didn't think we were actually going to show up, yeah. but we did. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, we'll take you up on that. Yeah, so um, we did. We went to Sweden to, to visit Larika. And um, that's when we became really good friends. And Ulrika has actually created this little book for me. I have it with me. Now let's see. And you'll only be able to see this on the, the YouTube version of our show. But <laughs> I know. So this is a little sob that Ulrika and I drove all around Sweden in. Like one summer. We just went everywhere in this little sob. It was so great. And um, oh, that, there's another view of it. Oh, hi, bye. How cute. And um, there's some cute pictures in here. This is one of my favorite pictures. This is actually us on our graduation day at the University of Utah. You can see that. Yeah, good memories. So <laughs> it's a little treasure gift that Larika made for me back in the day. Um, 
And another thing that was really great is since Ulrika was in the graphic design program with me, we really supported each other through that program. It was a very difficult program. Um, we had a portfolio review at the end of every year and people got kicked out all the time. Um, so Ulrika was really helpful because she helped support me. I would say you helped support me through that more than I supported you. You were always like, you can do it, Trisha. Don't give up. I'd go over to, she had, um, was living in this little house downtown Salt Lake. And I would just go over to her house and she'd make me her Swedish tea. She'd make me a cup of tea. And then we'd work on our projects together. And I honestly don't know if I would have made it through that program without you. It really So, uh, yeah, no, it's true. Um, Yeah, so Rika was always very motivated. I mean, she, at one point, I think you were sixth in the nation on on the ski team. Isn't that right? That Mm -hmm. was your rank. Yep. Oh, so one more story. Fifth, actually. Fifth. Oh, my goodness. I I knew. So one more story, a skiing story now. So uh, I'm a pretty good downhill skier. Would you say I'm a good downhill skier? I'm pretty good. But um, what I'm not good at yeah. is cross-country skiing. <laughs> so one day, Ulrika decided to invite me to go practice with the University of Utah cross-country ski team at Solitude Ski Resort. Um, and I guess I thought that I was good enough to do that. So um, I did that. And what I remember is, so like, here I am, you know, I think that may have been my first time cross-country skiing. And Ulrika comes up to me on her skis and she's like, okay, Trisha, now I'm just going to be a little bit ahead of you. All right. I'm just going to go a little bit with my team, but, but you'll catch up. Right. So, so yeah. So yeah. Right. So I'm skiing, I'm skiing. And all of a sudden, the next thing I know, Ulrika has lapped me (laughs) and she, she waves. She's like, hi. (laughs) And then she lapped me again. (laughs) And that was the last time I went cross country skiing. (laughs) She is sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. You'll just hear it. Yeah, yeah, that was sweet of you to think I could keep up with the ski team. That was really sweet. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we met. And we have been good friends ever since. And I have been watching Ulrika grow throughout her career. She is truly one of the most accomplished friends I have. And Ulrika has always just had such drive and um, ambition. And um, so, Ulrika, let's talk a little bit about how... I mean, that was really the beginning of, of your career was when we were in college together. You were on the ski team. You were in the graphic design mm-hmm. program. And then what did you ne- do next? Like, how did you grow your career up into the posi- position you're in today? Well, how um, did you see that happen? Well, I would say that, um, I mean, I always loved marketing and design. I've always been very, had an eye for good looking things and the creativity process. I always loved the creative process. And it doesn't really matter what it's about, if it's about designing something in class or uh, drawing an extension of my house or designing a couch or whatever, you know. But I've also had this huge part of me that's about sports. So I had these two, two legs, one design and creativity leg and then one very competitive sport love leg and I would say that um, after I mean that's why this was such a a great combination for me at the U when I was headhunted to ski for the University of Utah ski team and at the same time I could actually get an education in a field that I loved was like the perfect match for me Um, so basically it started there Um, and when I got back to to Sweden I actually um ended up working at, as an art director pretty quickly at uh, a biggest sports store in Sweden called The Stadium. Um, and basically that was a kind of like a lucky start for me because I got to, to work with sports equipment and marketing, uh, but it was basically just on the product side of stuff. And, and after that, I, I ended up like working for ad agencies and also being a, an owner of an ad agency. Um, but I've always, always kept one leg in the, the sport industry because I really felt that one day I wanted to combine my interest for sports and my love for that and the love for communication and design and the creative, creative process. Um, so I think after, 
almost, oh my goodness, it's like almost 25 years in the ad agency business. Um, I was actually, um, I, I mean, I worked at the, I have to say that I also volunteered a lot, like at the Olympics, the 2002 Olympics yeah. in Salt Lake City. I, I volunteered and worked for the world championships in Fallen for cross country and also for the, um, the downhill World Cup in Ore. And the more I did that, the more I realized that I needed sports to be more close to my DNA. I don't, I didn't want it to have it to work on that on the side of my, beside my real job. So that's why I got the chance to become the, the marketing director for the largest bike race event in the world called Vetnerundan, uh, where there were about 40,000 bikers uh, racing for two weeks. Uh, during the year and I and that's actually pretty close to where I live um, so I was got the chance to work really close with sport industry and marketing for five years almost um, before I started working with them um, I don't know what you call it in America but in Sweden uh, the sport industry is built up by like local sport federations where you have the kids going to the soccer games, the soccer teams. It's not based on schools like you have in America. Every little town has their own like soccer team and hockey team and whatever. And the, the county um, work with all those teams. And that's what I've been working with for the last three years to basically help kids get a great start uh, in their life with sports. Um, but about six months ago, I got called up by um, by the um, what do you call it? The general director for the Swedish biathlon team, and he was asking me um, if I was interested in maybe helping out with the communication uh, development for the Swedish biathlon team. And I have to say, we are doing so well in the world right now. I mean, we took so many medals at the the world championships and um i was just like it was like a dream come true for me uh this is like a dream job for me and it's also based in in the middle of sweden even though it feels really really far up um so i actually live here part-time now um and yeah basically i just started but it's my love for sports and my love for marketing and that got me here basically isn't that amazing and this is That's, the town Really, sorry, Trisha, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just going to say this town um, that this the, that the Federation is in, that's the town where you went to ski high school. Isn't that what you told me? So that's what you had, right? You it's lived actually there very close. It's very close. I yeah, I went to a ski academy uh, high school, like uh, nine, 90 kilometers away from here, but I actually raced for Östersund as a ski team. That was my club. So I'm basically back at the same stadium where I started in, in 1991. So that's pretty cool. Like the circle is closed. I, I, yeah, and I, I think that's really a cool thing about Sweden is how they have specialized um, high schools like that. So that kind of sets you up to get recruited by the University of Utah um, to go to school there, right? They were recruiting students out of your ski high school, which was very cool. Um, it's so exciting. Um, yeah. I love hearing how you about all these jobs you have because I remember these jobs. I I think I have visited Sweden at every job you've been at. I remember being at that race, the bike race. Remember, I was like in the crowd waiting for you, mm -hmm. and then um, I was. Um, I remember going to the ad agency you worked at and the sports. Um, the sports, um, the sportswear. So yes, I've been watching Ulrika do this and uh, you really have, from my perspective, um, you just have been climbing the ladder. Like you set yourself up uh, for the position you're in now. And the fact that you were, you stayed kind of true to what you really were passionate about, which is skiing, that has always really come, that's always been something that um, really resonates like people know that you're passionate about sports and combined with marketing. I mean, you were the perfect candidate for this position and you reached, they reached out to you, right? You were recruited for the, the position with the Swedish Biathlon Federation. Yeah. yeah. So, 
It's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm curious, Ulrika, as, as the communications director for the Swedish biathlon team, how have you integrated digital marketing strategies into promoting the team and the sport? Um, it must be different to running an ad agency. You're now integrating it into to sports. How, how has that changed the way that you do things? And, and what are you doing that uh, you think, or what are you looking to do in the future that you think is going to set you apart? Um, to be honest with you, uh, it's like I've, I've been, I have been only been here for like a month and they have done a great, amazing job uh, with the Biathlon Federation. But I, I would have to say that the biggest difference from coming from an ad agency is to be on the other side of the table. And I have to say that I do not miss being in an ad agency at all. <laughs> I love being on the other side. I'm a great, I, I know what to buy now. I know to ask the right questions. And um, it's been actually amazing in the last three jobs I've had to be closer to the, the final target group. Um, it's actually working with them. Uh, that has been very, very cool. It's like you don't, um, it's like when I worked at the sports store, I was selling things. I was selling products. And right now I'm selling a lifestyle. Uh, we're, we're, we are selling uh, joy, happiness, health, um, things to do for kids. We're, we are selling um, role models for the kids. I mean, these amazing athletes that we have in our of federation that, yes, they take gold medals at the Olympics, but what they do most of all, they set an example of what a healthy lifestyle is like. Um, it's called, I said, the, it's called the biathlon family and the biathlon um, sport is very different from a lot of sports in the world, I would say. It's a big, big close community with all the teams from all over the world. Basically, they love each other, but on, when they're on the course, they, they don't hate each other, but they, they race against each other. But it's like the crowd also is very special. Um, they cheer for, of course, their own athletes and their own countries, but they also cheer for everybody that hits that target, everybody that, that's doing great. So it's like it's an amazingly uh, positive environment to be in which makes it easy to uh, market in some ways, um, even though we have a lot of different target groups. But it also, um, um, it's also a little bit challenging, like I told you guys before, before we started this, that this, it's, we have a lot of different target groups that needs a lot of different things. And we talked about having too big of a target group. It's hard to know where to put your focus, but that's, I think, that's what we have to work on a lot here. And that is to kind of try to find that, the goal for each target group, and also what we, what our goal is as a federation, because everything has to reach that goal. And all the other goals are part goals on that journey. So, yeah. Um, you know, one, one way that Nike got really, really successful um, wasn't because they were trying to sell shoes. They were selling mm -hmm. the stories behind the people wearing the shoes. So I, yeah. I, I have to mm -hmm. assume that you, from a marketing perspective, are doing a lot of storytelling. Um, yes, a lot of storytelling. And so how do you integrate that storytelling into the, the digital marketing space? What are you doing um, to, to reach those different audiences? Where are you going to, to do that? Um, we have actually a, um, a team reporter that travels with the, the elite teams to the training camps. Like for right now, they're on uh, Mallorca in, in Europe, mm -hmm. and they're actually traveling with them to show the behind the scenes, to see that it's not just gold and medals and like cheering. It's like a lot of sweat and blood and tears that goes into this. Um, so uh, like it, we use Instagram a lot because it's easy to to come behind the scenes and, and, and talk to the athletes. Like 
the the great thing about having a traveling reporter that works for us is that she can actually they get to know her she can come closer to them they trust her um and she can ask little interviews and we can find we can follow behind the scenes i mean when they climb up that big hill on Mallorca, it's gonna be a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but they know they have to reach that to reach the gold medals later on the season. Mm -hmm. So I think being true and honest and also being very transparent about what it's like to be an elite athlete. It's, it's a lot of hard work that goes into that. Um, and I think that's very inspiring um, for people to watch, to be able to follow and see what actually happens. How many hours do don't they, don't they have to try to short to target shoot? I mean, it's and it's windy and it's sunny and it's the the snowy, it's foggy. I mean, what do you do? How do you do things? It's it's very it's very intriguing and it's very exciting to find out how do you do this? Okay, when you come into the stadium and all of a sudden the wind changes from one side to the other, how do you have to think? as an athlete to do that. The coaches, the, uh, the way they talk to the athletes, those, um, um, their relationships, it's really amazing to see that. And also one thing that's very unique, unique about the Swedish Biathlon Team uh, Federation is that we are in one place. In Östersund, we have the coaches, we have the athletes, so we have the administration personnel, we have the WAX teams, we have, the, we have everybody here. So everybody is around here and you, you can hear the talk in the coffee room and you get to know them. So we become like a family. And do you feel, and I think that's a very successful story. Do you feel that um, the people who are uh, watching your Instagram space, mm -hmm. um, are they, are they building this kind of uh, relationship with, the athletes and, and getting to know the athletes so that they are part of the family, as it were? Yes. I think that is the success story of this whole thing. We talk about the biathlon family, mm -hmm. and then we don't talk about just us working here with the, with the athletes. It includes our fans. It yeah. includes our sponsors and partners. It includes the town, the, the city mayor. Um, the, the people who grooms the tracks here, they are amazing. And they, the volunteers, when we have the World Cup here, we have so many people working here uh, and they do it for free because wow. they want to be a part of this family yeah. and they become ambassadors in their turns. Right. So they talk good about us and they tell their story to their friends and their family and their kids. Uh, so I think when we say the Biafran family, we mean everybody. And does your journalist... The elite team is just a little bit mm -hmm. of that. Does your, you know? your journalist go and, and interview the, the people who are cleaning the, the slopes or whatever? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know the technical terms. Not my lane. Yeah, <laughs> the course, yeah. The um, course. You know what? I have to say um, the local media here is very... They, they like... I mean, this is a very positive uh, marketing for this whole region because we become, it's kind of like, uh, Trisha, I'm like being on the ski team at the U, you become an ambassador for your university. And this is the way the Biathlon uh, Federation is for Östersund and in that turn for Sweden. So I think yeah. you, you become proud and you want to show the positive sides of this whole thing. And, and think about all the kids that are, I mean, all the, it's like, we don't talk about that. That is also one thing we, we talk a lot about. It's like, how do we lift um, biathlon from the ground? It's not, we need to have future medals and elite teams, but also we have, want to have kids that have fun. So showing, you know, the way you can start biathlon with electronic shooting, you know, like lower the, the borders to try things. It's also an important thing and uh, that we work with. Yeah, that, that was a good analogy. It is like a university. You have um, fans of all ages and there's, um, you're, you are appealing to people who are gonna be lifelong fans and it's the pride of Sweden, really, right? Um, that is, wow, that's amazing. So tell me then, what is your role in 
creating a schedule for all your marketing? Like what is your specific role in helping to develop your marketing plan? Well, um, it's like right now we have a, we have, they've had a, a marketing plan for a long time, of course, because you have to plan your year. Um, it's, it's a very cyclic yeah. year. Uh, you know, they have, you have the trading season, you have the, 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 um, the racing season, you have the, the kind of in-between season. And then we have also on top of that, we have, we have the a World Cup that actually is here in Östersund. So it's both like um, running the, the Federation marketing plan, combining it with an actual event that has been here, ha happens here. And also all our partners and sponsors that have their marketing strategy that needs to fit into our marketing strategy and also get the right amount of space and room that they have paid for, but also uh, that we can basically work off each other so we get the end result that we all want. And that is a mm -hmm. successful, healthy, sustainable federation um, for for Sweden and for us. Um, so, so what I do now is basic. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, no, go Sorry. ahead. Continue. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. No. Um, so what, what I, what I do now is basically we are um, like, we have of course an, an, a marketing action plan because we know certain things that goes on in different parts of the year. Uh, but now we also have to see, okay, we also uh, work a lot with the uh, education training the leaders and the team coaches for the younger kids. Okay, so how do we market that? How do we fit that into the plan? Because this is not all about the elite teams and the gold medals. It's about building the next generation by athletes uh, in Sweden. Uh, so that's also something we're looking at. Okay, where during the year is it the most logical time that we talk about education? And what, what do the the sport clubs need from us and then okay how can we fill that need and where do we reach those in the best place what platform is for fans what platform is a newsletter um for our facebook linkedin so this is something that we're actually starting to look at right now in a more broader picture um, to try to narrow down the target groups a little more to maybe give each target group a little more of what they need. And, and to be able to do that, we need to know what do they need? Yeah. You know, so we don't shoot over the target. So that's, that is a process we are starting right now. Um, how many, how many targets yeah. have you identified? Uh, we actually are going to have this workshop in like two weeks, mm -hmm. but I would say like, Basically, you have, of course, the fans, yeah. you have the sponsors, you have the sport clubs, um, you have the town, um, you, have, um, uh, you have parents, you have the volunteers, um, you have um, uh, a lot of internal target groups also. Um, so it's, I would say it's like a five, six, seven different target groups. Um, but we are not done, um, you know, modeling that yet. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, we know pretty much which one they are, but we are going to kind of dive into that a little more and to try you, to aim the target a little better. Are you individualizing your strategies in, uh, in a way that is consistent with, um, money? Like how do you prioritize which target gets the focus? Uh, you know, I, I have to yeah, assume that very... there's there's a, mm -hmm. a, a, a strong financial uh, impetus to push towards, you know, talking about the sponsors and the athletes mm -hmm. because that's where the money is at. But how do you then justify the, the volunteers, you know, giving them their space mm -hmm. and time? Um, mm -hmm. I, I, this is more of a rhetorical that's question. That's a great question. It's really hard. But right? that's a very good question. It's a very good question. And we actually talked about that the other day because we have a, a, a set goal for the Federation. And if we would only go uh, to basically direct the communication strategy towards exactly that goal, we might miss some other target groups because mm -hmm. sometimes you have to take, make a, a different marketing uh, like post or something because you need to reach 
something because there is another aim for something like the partnership. Yeah. Uh, so that is a very interesting question. And also it's like, you can't, it's like you have to be very careful in how you use your social platform because you have a fan base. And if you start filling that social media flow with things that they are not interested in, you might lose that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to okay, discuss, okay, is it worth losing some of them to gain something else? Uh, and where does that borderline is? Um, I think we are not there yet, but that is a very tricky question uh, and very important one, I would say. And there's not an easy answer to that, um, but there's definitely certain aspects that you have to take in consideration, definitely. That was, my question is around sponsors as well. I picked up on that when you were talking and Rika, I know that you are not new to working with sponsors. You have done this your whole career. Um, so would you say, that's an interesting question. Um, would you say that you, I'm just curious from a production standpoint, do you, does, do you work with the sponsors to create content or do they give it to you or, um, and I understand what you say, you're saying about mm -hmm. the, making sure that you're, you're not just, you don't want that to take over, um, you know, your Instagram feed, you want it to work with it, right? Integrate it. So it still stays relevant and interesting. And it's actually helping to lift up the team rather than feeling like you're just mm -hmm. trying to be salesy. Um, the thing so how is, does that work? Yeah, the thing is, uh, well, the thing is we, we, have a, we have a marketing team here and we have to have a, a guy who's been working with this much longer than I have. And he's really, really good at it. So it's not one of my main priorities now, but what's important is that uh, these things have to work together. It can't be its own separate leg. Uh, and I think um, what's most important is that, um, to be honest, a little bit different in Sweden, I have to say. Uh, in America, it's a little more common that you put in, uh, the, the investment you put in, um, in a, a right that you, you, you buy to become a sponsor, you put the same amount in activation uh, to, to activate that sponsorship. Um, we are a little bit behind here in Sweden. We're working on it and it's a very important thing. So I think we, we help them a lot to try to find a way to come up with activate, uh, to activate the sponsorship together to help fill it with content. Of course, they have their own goals and their home, home and their own, their own, um, wishes and uh, you know but sometimes we sit on a lot of uh, knowledge and ideas and creativity that might help that to come to the next level um, but the most important thing is i think a successful um, partnership is when the viewers the fans or whoever understands why that partnership is important uh, so it doesn't feel mal malplaced. It's like, okay, why, why is this company a partner? Because of this. But that's also because you, when you have a good strategy for your partnerships, that doesn't become a, an issue because you know beforehand that we did it for this reason. It might be a um, um, sustainability partner. It might be something else. But um, it, so it, I think... Again, that, yeah. that comes into the storytelling, doesn't it? You know, um, mm -hmm. yeah. if, if you are all a family, then not only are your fans part of the family, but so too are the sponsors. They are truly Definitely. part of, of the family. And so going, doing some BTSs, some behind the scenes with them mm -hmm. in the experience yes. of working with you. I mean, it's, it's all yep. stories, right? And something that, yes. that you said about mixing things up you know if you if you own stocks you never want to own just one mm -hmm. stock you need to diversify your portfolio yeah. mm -hmm. and every yeah. time i start thinking about strategies for social media marketing in particular um i'm flabbergasted to see how uniform and ultimately boring so many people's strategies are even if they're doing storytelling it's it's all the same 
And so by diversifying yeah. what you're putting out on these different platforms, um, yeah, I don't actually think you're going to lose people because it sounds like you're making it very, very interesting and uh, educational, yes. right? Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, something that, that we are also trying to achieve is make an edutainment, like education, entertainment, yes, exactly. symbiotic yeah. relationship, mm -hmm. right? Through what we're doing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it sounds very much uh, similar to, to the strategies that you you are implementing as well. So, um, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to be losing people because you're keeping those those spaces interesting and informative and uh, and fun. Um, but Trisha's yeah. right. You know, the the passion that we hear when you talk must be conveyed in all of all of the marketing. You know, you sound very passionate, and as a, a top representative of your of the federation, um, you must all. I assume be equally as passionate. So it's, it must yeah. be, be fun and exciting and uh, really just amazing. And so I, I think gonna... also, yeah, I was oh, just going to say something just... about, uh... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I love it when this happens. <laughs> this is, this is about, about the we all have I just want to add something. I just yes. want to add something about the partnerships. It's like, like you're talking about, you know, when you mix up the, um, the storytelling with the partners, it's also like, I mean, they are also a fan base. They have yeah. clients, customers yeah. that also will love this sport. I mean, of mm -hmm. course, I mean, if they are going to spread a positive rumor and a positive vibe about this. People will watch it on TV. I mean, they can't wait for the weekend to come to, to get their, get on the couch and watch the races, you know. And of course, that's going to spread like little swirls on the water, you know, it will, it will, it will give positive vibes from that. So I think, um, yeah, we are just a, a bunch of very positive, passionate people that have the opportunity to work with the greatest sport on earth. That's just yeah. it, basically. Yeah, and there you go. So uh, what I was going to say is this job is perfect for you. Ulrika really is perfect. I mean, so good at just um, enthusiasm. Like even remember, I even remember some of our um, graphic design, you know, assignments, there was always a Swedish twist in it, right? And she'd get yeah. up there and <laughs> there always was and it would um, be like, Sweden is so awesome. And this is why this works. And you'd integrate it so well. And um, by the, I mean, my goodness, I mean, you convinced me that Sweden is just like one of the greatest countries, if not the greatest country in the world. <laughs> She's very good at that. <laughs> so, um, and same with her sport. I mean, she just said, this is the best sport in the world. And she truly believes that. Um, and it, that always comes through in her enthusiasm. And she's, that's just what you do so well. And um, in your marketing, um, you've always done that really well. So. Well, the thing is, you have to believe it to be able to yeah. sell it. Yep. You have yeah. to feel it to be able to sell it. If you don't believe in your own product, whatever it is, you're not going to sell it. Yeah. And so, you have to truly think that, you know. So here's a question for you then. Um, the, the biathlon is a, a very unique sport, especially... Uh, mm -hmm popular in the, in the Nordic countries, how, how do you leverage its cultural significance in the digital marketing space? Um, I would say that, um, first of all, it's become a very, very good TV sport. Okay. It's very exciting. It's never over until it's over. You sit there and you wait for that thing to go down and you're like oh, oh no it's like you know it's like so i think it's it's become extremely exciting sport we've been very good at selling it on tv but of course we've been good to selling it because we have great athletes they do amazing things but it's also a very um great live sport because of the fan base because of the positive attitude on the stands so i think it's um if you, if you compare it to cross-country skiing that used to be much much bigger um 
it's it's just a different it's an added uh, twist to yeah. biathlon yeah. that makes it exciting and i think also that is why kids mm-hmm. also likes it a lot because it's like it's um and a different element to it not just go out there be sweaty ski and ski fast and you know the cross country the swedes you know they just go out for hours and ski and sweaty and this blow their nose you know whatever <laughs> it's like it's an if it's a different element to it that adds a, a different uh thing that's become just really exciting i mean i was sitting on the train one day because i commute by train a lot now and I was sitting in the, the bistro and I had my, my jacket on and, and this old couple came down and they're like, can we sit by you? And I'm like, sure, yeah, sure. I didn't think much of that. And then they're like, I, but I could feel it that they were like, they wanted to ask something, <laughs> you know? And I, I'm talkative, I'm very un-Swedish that way. So she's like, oh, so you have the, you work for the Swedish team? I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, yeah, you know what? We can't wait for winter to come. We miss the biathlon weekends. We we were so sad when the season was over, you know, and it's like they're already starting to build up that need, their want, their excitement for the next season to start. So, of course, that's easy to kind of spin off on, you know, to get the vibe going during the whole year, even though it's a very seasonal sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think we got through the... The noise, you know, it's like we got through there with a good team, we had great coaches, very personal and, and individual. Um, the athletes give a lot of themselves and, and we're just very likable as an organization, I think. So, Ulrika, earlier you mentioned that y'all, y'all, have, um, y'all have a lot of Instagram are you all using TikTok at all out of curiosity? This is very, very interesting. We just started the TikTok account mm-hmm. uh, because we saw that biathlon started to get a viral on TikTok. Yeah. And uh, so we just started the, the account. And this is one of the uh, the platforms that we are going to look into because they, we are have a possibility here to reach a younger target group. And uh, there are a lot of things that, happens in on in biathlon that's kind of funny and cool and different and um so this is actually a platform we are going to dive into and also really see how we're going to use it and also who is going to use it are we going to do it are we going to ask our younger you know biathletes to help us yeah. uh we don't know that we haven't decided that yet because we haven't done that that uh, that research yet but we we started an account just to claim the name yeah. so we wouldn't miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have an account uh, and we have seen a, a lot of viral things going on about biathlon uh, right now. So it's a very interesting platform for us. Yeah, I, I think um, from you know all that you've told us what you're doing over in the Instagram space, I feel like a lot of that would very easily convert into the the TikTok space as well. But um, just to put this out there as well, YouTube shorts are competing quite well with TikTok. uh, And Mm -hmm. that's another space. It's like TikTok. It's like Instagram reels, right? But they're shorts. Uh, We've we've seen a lot of success in that space too. So if you're doing TikTok, you should probably also look into and consider YouTube shorts as a a place to, you know, go simultaneously probably. Yeah, and yep. from what I from what I understand, thanks YouTube, for that tip. Yeah, yeah, the you, YouTube Shorts are almost gaining more popularity than TikTok. Um, the nice thing about YouTube is it's owned by Google, and so it's also serves as a search engine. Mm-hmm. So when you have your captions in there, it, yes. that can be pulled up by the search engine. So yeah, um, the Shorts are yeah. doing really well for for us and our clients right now. It's true. Good tip. Good yeah. tip. Yeah. I'll take that in our marketing days that we're going to have. Very cool. <laughs> so I've got I've got one last question, really, Ulrika. Um uh-huh. and it's uh you know you've you've spoken a lot about training up the younger generation to to turn mm-hmm. into your future athletes, star athletes. 
Um, so taking that concept and applying it to somebody, your younger self, right? Um, who, mm -hmm. who was an athlete and interested in the, yes. the creative space and, and maybe a flair for marketing as, as you clearly have. What advice would you give to someone looking to break into the field of sports digital marketing like you've done? Ooh, um, I would say uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with the sport, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It just, I think my advice would be that go with something that makes you, you know, your body on fire. You, you want to have the passion for it. And I think it doesn't matter what that is. For me, it's sports because sports for me is so many things. It's, it's about the community, the, the, the fun, the training, the goal setting, uh, achieving, failing, um, having fun with your friends, winning medals, of course, traveling, um, having something to do, get you healthy. It's, I, so I, I seriously think that if you have an interest in something, I think you will be successful in marketing no matter what it is, as long as you really have a passion for it. Um, sports is my passion. And um, I think, I know you and I, Trisha, we are not the same. Sport is not your passion. <laughs> so, but you know what I mean with having a passion. Yeah. I think if you have a passion, you will be good at it. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I, I knew after 10 years that I would gear towards sports because mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to fill that void in me and combining my passion with my knowledge and my experience. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's even an answer, Daniel, but I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Larika, I want to add on to that. So we've been talking about your successes and you, my goodness, you have so you've had so many successes, but I have known you for a long time. And just like anybody, you've had your ups and downs and you had some jobs that maybe didn't mm -hmm. turn out so well. Um, and what would your advice be? Uh, I'm thinking about this specifically for um, we, you know, we teach digital marketing um, at the University of Texas, mm -hmm. and sometimes we have students that feel a little bit discouraged when they they get with the ups and yep. downs of their careers. So, what kind of advice can you you give yeah. um, people who are trying to build a marketing career who are experiencing the ups and downs, and how how did you push through the disappointments and turn that into you know, success, which you have done. What's your advice? Well, to be honest with you, I think it just has, you have to realize that life is not a bed of roses all the time. Um, you cannot just have success. You cannot always have fun projects. That's just not the way it is. You have mm -hmm. to dig deep. You have to work freaking hard and you can't be lazy and you cannot expect life to be pretty all the time. Um, I mean, I have worked a lot of things that has not been fun, trust me. Uh, but I've always done my best because at that moment, that project needed to be done at the best possible way. So I always given my clients the best they deserve, the best goals they have, um, as best as I could. So you, I think it's very important. I think it's also a little I don't know if it's a little bit of the younger generation. They think sometimes, I think, that life is supposed to be happy and perky all the time. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to get a new one. Well, guess what? Your next job is also going to have boring projects and things that are not fun. And I mean, it's just the way it is, you know, mm -hmm. just me sitting here. This was not an easy road for me. I had a freaking goal I set and I've been working hard. It's like my training, you know, I had a goal and I was supposed to be an Olympic skier and my kneecap broke. So that didn't happen. Okay. Well, what do I do instead? Okay. I can turn it this way. You have to turn another stone and find something else. So I think you just have to work really, really hard and prepare yourself that 
it's not going to be fun all the time, but you have to do the best you can. Yeah. You know, that's just life. It is. And Enrica, <laughs> I love honest. that you, you mentioned the broken kneecap. I remember when this happened, it happened in college and I was um, helping Ulrika get mm-hmm. around to our classes because she was in a cast and um, you feeling like your Olympic dreams had just gone down the tubes. I remember you feeling like this. It was gone. It was gone. And was I remember how devastating that was for you. And so when you ended up getting this job where you are going to be helping the Swedish Swedish Biathlon Federation and helping the you know working with the athletes and you are going to the Olympics. You are literally going to be traveling with the Olympic team. I literally cried. I am just so proud of you and so happy for you. And um, I do. I want to add that I feel like one of the the most important things um, as far as having the motivation to continue on and and you know how to how to um, rise above those challenges that we all experience in our careers is your network, right? You have always done that for me. Yeah. You and I have always done that for each other. We're always pushing each Mm -hmm. other and saying, well, that didn't work out. Let's try this. Um, you know, that's so important, your network. And I think also that's also a part of being creative. I mean, okay, this didn't work out. How can I make something else work? Yeah. I think it's the most important thing is to not, I mean, you have to be sad and devastated for a while because it's a sorrow. It's a loss. It was a goal I had and it made me devastated. I mean, I still to this day cry sometimes, but when I worked at the Olympics 2002 and my friend raced there and I didn't, I could, I borrowed the bib to ski the course with her because I was working there, but I cried the whole freaking way around because I wanted to race there. But I got to work there instead. I got to do other things, you know? So sometimes you just have to reset your goals and be proud of that. Mm-hmm. Be sad for a while and go on with your life. I mean, this will happen again and again and again. And I think that's just, I mean, you know me, Trisha, you know I had a, my ups and downs mm-hmm. with illness and everything, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just, I think being the person I am today I just never give up because I love life too much and I don't want to have a boring life. I want to have a life that gives me something. I want to be inspired. And if I'm not inspired, I will make sure I get inspired. I will never ever sit and wait for something to happen to me. I mean, sometimes I get this question, well, so many good things has happened to you. And I'm like, nothing has ever happened to me. Trust me, nothing has ever happened to me. I've gone after it. I worked for it and I got it, Absolutely. but nothing has ever happened to me. And I can verify that <laughs> again, Ulrika is one of the most, um, you know, um, ambitious people I know, and she hasn't let the, the, the bumps in life get her down. You've been very inspirational to me in that way, my friend. And I, uh, your friendship has been one of those friendships in my life that has really kind of elevated me in so many ways, um, both, you know, just, in life and in my career and um, going back to making sure that you are surrounded by supportive people. Um, that's really important mm-hmm. and making sure you're around people who lift you up, right? Lift you up and help encourage yes. you and um, want to see you succeed. Uh, so important. And that's what you have always done for me. Thanks. Well, I've, I feel like, uh, you know, what something that you said about uh, it's, you have to feel sad, you know, uh, uh, a lot of us, especially in America, we we try mm-hmm. to say, oh, just brush it off, shake it off, you know, forget about it. It's OK. I know. And um, I, I feel like that's not giving the space that that sadness deserves. Um, yeah. We have mm-hmm. to we don't want to lean too deep into it <laughs> because then we can get lost. But I do think that it. Yeah, it's like you said, we. We owe it to ourselves to feel those feelings so that yep. we can appreciate the other side of those feelings when we, when we eventually do get there. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, you are, you're very inspiring, Ulrika. Uh, you've inspired well, me you. today saying, you know, you want to be inspired. I'm, you don't want to lead a boring life. I'm sitting here thinking, am I leading a boring life? I'm questioning myself right now. <laughs> and I, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that because, um, 
we we do need to continually, I think, uh, ask ourselves those questions. Am I am I happy? Yeah. Am I inspired? Mm-hmm. Am I doing am mm-hmm. I doing myself the child that was that that dreamt all of these dreams? Mm-hmm. Am I doing myself justice, or am I letting my my yeah. old self down? Um, <clears throat> and I think we need to ask ourselves those questions uh, because they are motivators. You are clearly a, a, an incredible motivator. And I, I can only imagine how bittersweet it must be to, to go to those competitions and know what could have been. But also, I'm sure mm-hmm. in the back of you is somewhere that says, maybe this could never have been had that been. Anyway. Right? Yeah. So. And I, can I add something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I add one little thing? Um, I think another word that's very me is brave. Yes. You have to be so freaking brave. I mean, I moved to America. I moved away from home to my ski high school when I was 15. We had no mobile phones. We didn't have a computer. I I lived in a basement with an old de- a lady and a, 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 a man. You know, I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to clean. Nothing. But I did it because I wanted to be a skier. I moved to America. Trisha knows this. I had, I mean, I was a good student in high school, but I sucked at English. Okay. And my mom said to me when I got in, when I was headhunted for the U and she was like, you can't go. Why? But you don't know English. I'm like, I'll work it out. You know? So I moved to America, not knowing anything. I was basically quiet for six months. Just listening to people. Talking to me. Then I started speaking. And I always been brave to say that, okay, this job is not for me. But I also always never had another job. I've never left the job just to leave the job. My motto has always been I will get a new job when I want that new job. You know, I never, I always gone to something, not from something. Mm -hmm. And that's also very important, I think. And uh, yeah, being brave, being, you know, dare to jump. I mean, just this move for me, like taking this job. I mean, I'm literally living 12 hours away from my family. Mm -hmm. We bought an apartment here. I live here part time. Yeah, that's scary. Some people think or they think I'm stupid but it's like no I know this needed to happen and this is this is gonna work because I decided it's gonna work so I think being brave and dare to do things and don't be so darn scared of life you know what's the worst thing that can happen I don't like it okay I'll move back home sure I'll sell the apartment what's the problem yeah yeah now that's that's <clears throat> great advice now uh, slight tangent I studied anthropology in university, <clears throat> and one of the uh, pieces of advice from a cultural anthropologist's perspective was if you go live with another culture uh, in order to best learn their language, stay silent for six months. That's what they, yeah, that's that's what what they what told did. us to do. I was, was quiet. Just, just listen. Just listen. Learn the sounds. You know, learn everything, and then when you start, it'll mm-hmm. it'll all just kind of come together. So that's pretty incredible you did that exactly how it worked that's amazing um i do think you you have to be brave uh and i i too you know i i took a job teaching sailing and surfing uh in hawaii and i'm from texas what do i know about any of those things and uh i I, I learned them when i got there you know um but you you have to be brave some might call it stupid yeah there is that (laughs) <laughs> and that's okay too. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's totally okay. You, you ha- trust me, yeah. it's totally okay. <laughs> if you're not willing to to jump and and do the thing, then you're just gonna have to watch everyone else do those things. And yeah, that's not the life. Also, same thing. Happened. I was gonna say, Rika. Remember when I moved to Seattle? That was a big thing for me. I I moved. I didn't know anybody. 
And I knew after I graduated that I would have a better chance of getting a good design job in Seattle because there were just more companies there. And it's where the whole tech industry was exploding, right? So yeah, I moved to Seattle by myself. I knew one person and um, it was really scary, but Eureka really was supportive through that whole time. But the thing is you have to put in the work and you have to dare to do things. Nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah. And that's just the way it is, you know? You have so, to put in the work. Yep. You have to dare to do things. That's mm -hmm. beautiful. Yep. yep. Uh, well, with that, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap this podcast up, Ulrika, but it has been an absolute genuine pleasure. I, I'm, I can't believe I got to speak to the communications director of the <laughs> Swedish Biathlon Federation. I mean, what, what just happened? It's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I really, really am. Well, thank honored. you. This was really, really fun. Thank you, Ulrika. It's been so fun having you on our show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the We Rock DM podcast. We hope you found our discussions on digital marketing and web design and development helpful and informative. Don't forget to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on the latest trends and strategies in the world of online business. We'll see you in the next episode of We Rock DM, where we make kick-ass stuff kick-ass.